All right. Hey, everybody, who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in the house of God? Yeah. Hey, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm so glad that you're part of our church family, and we want to welcome everybody online with us as well, uh, knowing that there's people watching all across uh, the country. In fact, in our prayer time this morning, pre-service prayer, always the prayer team prays for me and lays hands on me, and, and somehow we got to talking about the stream this morning, and, and Robin, who's on our prayer team, she said, well, I just found out that my mom, who lives in California, streams and watches every week. So come on, let's just welcome everybody who's online with us today. We're glad that you're part of our church family. Yeah, and we know that some of you are, you're at home for health reasons, and you're not ready to get out, and, and there's others of you, you're there out of habit. Can we just be honest? You, you, you got out of habit two years ago, and you still hadn't come back yet, all right? And I'm just here to tell you that it is way better in person if you're able and willing to be in the house of God. It's just so much, there's something different about the people of God being in the house together. Ain't that right, everybody? It's just, it's just good. So... So you come on back if you're there out of habit, okay? Come on back. And if you're, if you're outside of Wichita Falls, we'd be happy to help you find a home church wherever you're at. And so uh, we're, we're in week two of a series we're calling The Blessed Life, and I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But uh, let, me, let me just remind you that we are four Sundays away from Super Bowl Sunday, all right? Easter. That's the big Super Bowl for churches, all right? It's Easter. And we're not just calling it Easter Sunday because we have uh, three different days of service times. We have Easter uh, Friday night, Easter Saturday, and Easter Sunday. We have six services, a total of six services that we're going to be doing. And the reason we're doing that many is because we have that many people that we believe are going to fill this room over and over and over again. And so we're just asking you to pray, ask the Lord who he wants you to bring not just invite who you're going to bring, who you're going to have sitting with you in those Easter services because it is the perfect time for you to have somebody maybe far from God, maybe somebody who doesn't, they're out of church. It's a great time to have them. So get ready for that. Easter's coming, all right? Now, we are in week two of this series, The Blessed Life, and this is an incredible series. It's based on the scripture, of course, the Bible, but I'm also utilizing a book that I read uh, um, in 2009, about 13 years ago, called The Blessed Life, okay? The Blessed Life is an incredible book that really changed my life. I was already a, a giver, tithing in the church, and, and I had the gift of giving, but this book made a huge difference in my life. And I was sharing with our legacy team um, uh, last Sunday. Our legacy team is just like any other team in the church, just like the worship or production team. But it's made up of people who have the gift of giving, and they, they just have decided they want to be part of a team that helps accelerate things within the church, maybe that aren't in the budget, things that aren't, we're not able to do based on our current budget standpoint. And so uh, we were meeting last Sunday night, and uh, I told my story about reading this book and how it made a difference in my life. And I said, I would love to get this into the hands of every, uh, every household at City Hope Church. And so if anybody on the legacy team is willing to, to help us do that, it costs about $5,000 to buy all the books that we need. And a, a gentleman came up to me after the meeting and said, count me in. Who do I write the check to? So uh, thankful, uh, a big shout out to someone on our legacy team who gave a $5,000 donation so that you can have this book today. We're going to give it to you on your way out. We'll give that to you. I love that because it actually is modeling generosity. It's modeling what we're talking about, okay? And so um, on your way out on, uh, on that set of glass doors out there, there'll be people giving those. One per household will give that to you, and then um, can't wait for you to read that. It, it, mess, it messed me up, all right? A long time ago, it'll mess you up too in a good way, all right? So let me be clear and remind you we're not doing this series because we need you to give. That's not why we're doing this series. Uh, we're, we're in a good place financially. We're operating the church on 64% of your giving. Come on, somebody. That's, that's good, by the way. It's really good. Strong. We're not doing this church because the pastor needs a raise. We're not, you know, it doesn't work that way, okay? Um, in fact, most churches, on average, are, are compensate, they compensate their staff. They're spending about 52% of their budget on staffing. City Hope Church spends less than 35% of their budget on staffing. Come on, that's another good thing to celebrate right there. So God is good to us. So we're doing this not because we need you to do it. We're doing it because you need to do it, 
Like this is for you. This is a benefit for you that when you buy into this, when you, when you buy into God's principles, it will change your life. I'm just telling you straight up, okay? It'll change your life. And here's the thing. If you can trust God with your money, you can trust him with just about anything else. Because we play about a lot of things. But we don't play about money, right? You know, what I'm saying? you know what I'm saying? I don't play about my money, right? That's how we are. We don't play about that. So if you can trust him with that thing, I'm telling you, he will take care of everything else. You can trust him with everything else in your life. Now, uh, last week, we talked about uh, it's all about the heart. We, we, we said this is an issue of the heart. We're dealing with greed. We're dealing with grief over giving, over being generous. And, and the only way to deal with that is to be generous and to have an attitude of gratitude. Next week, we're going to talk about the, the principle of first. But today, we're going to answer the question that I used to ask in high school all the time. What test? <laughs> test? What, what test? Y'all, anybody like me out there today? Anybody you've been there before? It's like, what, what test? What are you talking about? Now, I know that I have not given myself enough credit over the last several weeks, and I've talked about my struggle in education and whatnot, but I I, I felt like I should let you know I did graduate in the top 10% of the lower third of my class, okay? So, uh, all right, yeah. So, there we we go. Um, Now, let's take take a little poll real quick, a little poll. How many of you get paid every week? Just lift up your hand. You get paid every week. This is... All right, I noticed this last service. It's the lesser of, of, of the, the poll that I'm doing here, okay? So not many people get paid weekly anymore. How many of you get paid bi-weekly every other week? Oh, a lot of hands going up. How many of you get paid monthly? A lot, a lot of monthly, po- all right. How many of you never get paid? You never get paid. You, just, <laughs> you wish you would get paid, but you don't get paid. These are people who may need jobs, okay? We're just point. They may need, look around. We might, might need to employ them, right? No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, so every time you get paid, every time you get paid, you take a test. And the test is, who are you going to thank for the income you just received? The test is, uh, what are you going to do with the very first transaction? And I can tell you uh, who you thank by the first transaction out of your bank account. Okay, a lot of people thank the mortgage company first. That's, that's who gets the first. Some people thank Visa or MasterCard or uh, Wichita Falls Water Department or the Electric Department. A lot of people think you thank different folks, but let me just tell you that those people, those places do not have the power to bless your life. So you're giving them the first, but they don't have the power to bless you. I want to tell you about someone who does have the power to bless you, okay? And so we're going to look at Malachi chapter 3, or as some of you might call it, Malachi chapter 3. Uh, the book of Malachi, this, this was, uh, I lo- love this scripture, by the way, it's a great scripture, but um, it, it's, it's Malachi 3. I, I taught on it actually a few weeks ago, okay? So this was back uh, in January at the, the Breaking Free series. I used this scripture. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach it again because today we're, we're answering the question, what test? So here we go. Malachi 3, if you've got your notes, follow along in your notes or on the screens, says this. I, the Lord, say it with me, do not change. Okay. Well, Pastor Ben, we don't, we don't give and we don't tithe because that's Old Testament and we live in the New Testament. Well, according to this, he doesn't change. So whether it was Old Testament or the New Testament, come on, somebody. Y'all just help, me, help a brother out when he's preaching. Okay. He doesn't change. And so I'm just, I'm just pointing that out to you. He says, I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? I'm, I'm the same. So he says, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. In other words, if I changed, like you, you ought to be glad I don't change because I would have wiped you off the face of the earth a long time ago for your disobedience. That's what he's essentially saying. He was tired of them constantly turning away from him. So he says, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees. The New King James says ordinance, and an ordinance is a principle of ordinary behavior. So Wichita Falls and cities around America, they have ordinances, and it's ordinary for you to behave this way as a citizen or as a, as a person who lives or visiting that city. It's ordinary principle of behavior for the people of God to do certain things. 
And, and he says, but you've not kept these ordinances, these decrees. So he says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, God, we're not sure how to return because we didn't even know we left. How, how are we supposed to return? We don't know. What are you talking about, God? We don't know. And maybe there was a little bit of innocence with them. Like, we, we don't know what you're talking about. Return. So he says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. And you say, rob you? God, how are we robbing you? I mean, this is pretty strong language. Rob, robbing you, God? How are we robbing you? And he says, in tithes and offerings. Tithes and offerings. So he says, you're under a curse. That's a, that's a more strong language. You, you, you're, under, you're under a pretty heavy curse here. The whole nation is under the curse because you're robbing me. Now, here's the solution. To get out from under the curse, to no longer rob God, the solution is you've got to bring the whole tithe. And some people would say, well, well we tithe our time or our talent or we, you know, our tithe is not 10%, it's 2%. But so he says, whole tithe. Tithe meaning 10%. It's a tenth part. You bring it into the storehouse. Okay, so if, you're, if, you're, if you tithe, but you send your tithe to the TV preacher, I'm just telling you, that's not the storehouse. If you, if you give 10% of your income away, but you do it to different charities, that's not the storehouse. Because they're not going to show up and visit you on your deathbed. And they're, and they're not going to take care of your kids when, you, uh, when, when your wife becomes a widow. I'm sorry, I, that's not in my notes. I'm, I'm, I'm way off track here. I'm just saying that's not the storehouse, though, okay? Uh, he says you got to bring it to the storehouse. That's the local church. In those days, the temple, right? So that there may be food in my house. We'll talk about that a little later. And, he, and this is the only place God gives us permission to test him. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven... And if I won't pour out so much blessing over you that there will not be room enough to store the blessing. And I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's time, says the Lord Almighty. And then all nations will call you blessed. Now, I want you to see here that blessing is tied to obedience. Blessing is tied to being obedient in returning the tithe. You're going to see it in multiple scriptures that we give you today. So disobedience equals consequence. Blessing equals reward. Is, is that what you would do with your kids? Hey, if you obey me, we, we, we might drive through McDonald's and get some ice cream today. Come on, somebody, right? You, just, you ever done that to your kids before? You, if you obey, here's what you get. If you disobey, we will never eat out again for the rest of your life. Uh, yeah. Obey, blessed, disobey, curse, consequences. Okay, so I want to show you today that, that uh, no, no one wants to live a cursed life. I believe that with all my heart. Nobody sits out and says, well, I, I'm, I just want to be cursed. That's all I want. Nobody does that, right? But here's the thing. You can only live a blessed life if you follow the ordinances of God. You can only live a blessed life if you do it God's way. So I want to show you. I'm going to teach you today on, on tithing, three principles about tithing that will help you live a blessed life, okay? If you're ready, get your pen and paper, because here's the first one. Uh, the first principle is that tithing is a test, okay? It's a test. The word, the word tithe, 10%, 10th part, and, and that's where, like, uh, modern churches didn't come up with give 10%. It's in the Bible. It's all throughout Scripture, Tithe, tenth, is 10%, okay? So all throughout Scripture, there is, um, there is the, the number 10 represents testing. All throughout the Scripture. You, you see it, Old Testament and New Testament. 10 represents test. So, so I, wanna, I just want to uh, show you today how many times, there's like several times we see the number 10 representing test. So I'm going to do a little call and response. I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm going to give you a hint that the answer may be 10, okay? So you just go ahead and be prepared for that, okay? And I want you to be loud and proud. Here we go, all right? So um, how many plagues were there in Egypt? 10. All right, there we go. There we go. All right. Get some umph in there. All right. 
Here we go. How many commandments are there? Ten. Yeah. How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? Ten. How many times were Jacob's wages changed? Ten. How many, how many times, um, um, how many days was Daniel tested? Ten. How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? Ten. How many days of testing are mentioned in Revelation? Ten. How many disciples were there? Twelve. All right. Twelve disciples. That was a test. Some of you giving you, giving you tests right there. Just testing. So, so the number ten equals test. Now, um, God is testing us with the tithe. Every time we receive a paycheck, we take a test. Will we be obedient? Will we walk in blessing or cursing? It's a test for us. But the tithe, something the Lord kind of showed me, I think it was even this morning uh, as I was preparing, going over my message again, that, that it's a double-edged test. So he tests us with the tithe, but then he also allows us to test him with the tithe. Does that make sense? He tests us. Will we be obedient? We test him. We're going to give it, God. Now, you, 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 you hold true to your word. We're testing you in this. So it's a double-sided test there. And when I read that passage in Malachi, it seems so simple to me. There's two options. I, I, I can be blessed or I can be cursed. I'm blessing or cursing. Blessed life or curse life, obedient, disobedient, uh, blessing, cursing. Now, I'm not a smart man, but I, I think I want the blessing. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I think I want that. I think I would rather obey and receive that blessing. But there's misconceptions. There's, there's some reasons why people, they hold back. And, uh, and there's no condemnation. Listen, if you're here today and you are... Vehemently against tithing, no condemnation. I'm not mad at you. I don't know your story, okay? But can I, can I just give you a couple misconceptions? One of those is, well, Pastor Ben, um, Jesus bore the curse of the law on the cross for me. So as a Christian, I can't be cursed. <laughs> Got you. I don't have to tithe because Jesus bore the curse of the law, and I am, and, and so therefore I can't be cursed. I hear you, but I would also say he also bore sin on the cross. Have you ever sinned? Yeah. Uh, he also bore sickness. You ever been sick? Yeah. So could it be possible that we, when we don't live by his, his law, his teaching, his decrees, that there might be some consequence alongside that? Yes. An another misconception is, hey, PB, that's OT. Baby, I'm in the new T. I'm in the NT, right? Give all these abbreviations for you young people. Just text like different things. I have no idea what it means. I'm like, okay, whatever. PB, I'm in the, that's OT, I'm in the NT. Okay, all right. Pastor Ben, that's translation. Pastor Ben, that's the Old Testament. I'm in the, I'm living in the New Testament. That's the law. I'm under grace. I, so I don't, as, as being under grace, I don't have to do those things in the law. And to which I would just say, so was murder. Murder was also in the Old Testament. But now that I'm under grace, does that give me license to just take out whoever I want to? You talking to me? Huh? Does your mother sow? Tell her to sow this. Huh? Right? Huh. So you get that later. Am I, am I now under, am I, am I, is it okay for me to just take out whoever I want? No, that's crazy. It's crazy. Theft. That's Old Testament, Pastor Ben. You know, uh, would you ever say that? You, you get, your house gets broken into, they steal everything you get, and you go, oh, man, it's under grace. It's okay. God will, God will forgive them, and it's, I, I don't have to worry about it. No. You don't. Steve, let me, let me see your wallet. Let me see your wallet. I'm, I'm, uh. I'm under, I'm under grace, so this is mine now, all right? <laughs> this is mine. Well, you, you took, your, <laughs> took your money out of here. Come on, man. I'm under grace. I, I get to get, I'm, I'm going to rack up these credit cards, baby. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back. No, we wouldn't. That's ridiculous, right? It's, 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 
it's just totally ridiculous to think that, well, you know, it's under grace. Let me remind you, Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to do what? Fulfill the law. That's what he said. I didn't come to just do away with it. I, can't, I am the fulfillment of the law, Jesus says. And, and, and what you thought was a big deal under the law, I'm taking it even to a higher level, Jesus says. Okay? So we've, we've got to be careful that we don't just write off because it was, because it was the Old Testament. Because I, I want to tell you, we believe in the whole Bible at City Hope Church. We don't just believe in one version of the Bible or, or one section of the Bible. We believe in Genesis to Revelation, cover to cover. It is the absolute infallible Word of God. Which leads me to my second point, that tithing is biblical. It's in, it's in the Bible. So it's biblical for us to do this. All right? And, and I want to teach you through this. I want to show you. But a lot of people don't tithe because they think it's something that men made up. They think it's something that we just conjured up in the modern day church to, so we can have bigger buildings and all of these things. And, and trust me, the church has gone through revisions in history. And, and what, what the church in America, especially today, is experiencing is it's new to everybody. But I thank God, like City Hope Church has grown leaps and bounds. People are coming to know Jesus left and right here, right? We kind of have to have a room big enough to fulfill that. We have to have three services in order to get all of you in here. And if we had to have another service, I'd do it, right? Because I, 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 want, I want to see people ministered to. So, so, but a lot of people go, well, this is just something modern that's been made up. But I want to show you, not just in the law, but also before the law, this, this is a principle that was practiced. Going all the way back to Genesis, what I'm going to show you happened 430 years before the law was instituted, okay? Now, now this is Genesis 14, then Melchizedek. That's a weird name, but uh, this, this person, Melchizedek, is a type and shadow of Jesus. It's an Old Testament type of Jesus in the New Testament. In fact, many people, many theologians believe that Melchizedek was Jesus, Okay, uh, it's called a Christophany, where Jesus shows up in the Old Testament. Uh, the Bible says that, that Abraham spoke to God as he would another man face to face, that Moses did the same thing. The only problem is the Bible also says that no one has seen the face of God and lived. So who was he talking to? Many theologians believe that they were talking to the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Right? So it's called a Christophany. There's no history of Melchizedek. There's no genealogy. There's, there's, there's no lineage of him. It's, and so they believe, some people believe this was Jesus himself. So Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was a priest of God Most High. But wait a second. This is before there were ever priests of God Most High. So you see again why they would think, well, maybe this is a Christophany. Maybe this is pre-incarnate Jesus. And, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be God, Abram God, of, by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise, be to, um, and, and, and praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies enemies into your hand, and then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. So here's a principle of tithing before the law ever took place. So here it is. Uh, let me show you another one. 400 years before the law was instituted, this is with Jacob now. So Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob and Esau. And here's Jacob. He says, this stone that I have set up as a pillar, uh, and a pillar is not something you sleep on with your head, right? So, just kidding. I throw me that pillar over there. I need something soft. It's not that. Uh, uh, th th this pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give, I will give you a tent. And this seems to be present and future tense. Not just what you have done for me, but what you will. Not will, what you are and what you are going to do. I'm going to give you a tenth of it all, God. So here we are. Before the law, we see this principle taking place. Let's go to the law now. Leviticus 27 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, it belongs to the Lord. So this is why God says, you're robbing me, because the tithe belongs to who? 
the Lord. And that's why in Malachi he says, you're robbing me in this. So it's, it's holy to the Lord. The tithe is holy. Okay? When you have entered the land that the Lord your God is giving you, so God gives you the land, he gives you your job, he gives you your increase. When you enter that land and you've taken possession of it and you've settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Put them in a basket and then go to the place. What's the place? The storehouse, the house of God. Go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. Skip down to verse 13. Then, then say to the Lord your God, I have removed from my house the sacred portion. So I have not kept the tithe. I have sent it to um, uh, the foreigner, the Levite, the, the, the fatherless, the widow. I've done according to your commands. I have not turned aside from your commands, nor have I forgotten any of your commands. I have not eaten any of the sacred portion while I was in mourning. In other words, I didn't use the tithe for my own needs when I was in a desperate time. Okay? Nor have I removed any of it while I was unclean. In other words, I didn't use it for sinful purposes. I, I haven't offered it, any of it to the dead. No, I have obeyed the Lord my God and I have done everything you've commanded. I have followed your ordinances. I've been obedient in this area of my life. And then he prays. He says, look down from heaven your holy dwelling place and... Do what? Bless your people. So there it is again. Blessing is tied to obedience in the tithe. That when we walk in obedience in that area, blessing follows. Okay? Now, I know when you look at this, you think, okay, well, uh, Pastor Ben, all of that's Old Testament. All of that's Old Testament. You haven't said anything in the New Testament yet, PB. What's up? Where you at? And so I would just ask you, if, if Jesus himself was here today... And he told you you should tithe. Would you tithe? Yeah? Okay. Now, if Jesus said something that was recorded in Scripture, words of red, would you tithe? Okay. Good. Because I'm going to show you Matthew 23, 23. Jesus says it with his own mouth. He says... Woe to you, teachers of the law, you Pharisees, you're hypocrites. And this is, I'm going to try to teach you this passage because it gets misunderstood. He says, you're hypocrites because you give a tenth of your spices. You're, you're tithing even down to your mint, dill, and cumin. Like, you, you're, you're tithing even to the most minute little things. And when you first look at that, you might go, see? See, he says it's, 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 it's not that big of a deal. You're, you're tithing all of this little stuff. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law. See, see, there's something more important than tithing, Pastor Ben. There is. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. So a lot of people would stop there and they'd say, well, see, we should, we should show justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Because Jesus says that's more important than tithing. And I would, I would say, okay, well, do it then. What are you doing to show mercy? Who are you serving? When's the last time you were first Saturday served meeting the needs of needy people? I'm sorry, that's not in my notes either. Good, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to really. No, is that okay? Can I? Can I just? So, so look, look. Here's what Jesus says. He's he's not saying you shouldn't tithe. In fact, he says right the opposite. He says you should have practiced. The justice, the mercy, the faithfulness. Man, you should be helping the vulnerable, the needy, the fatherless, the orphans, the widows. You ought to be taking care of people in your neighborhood. You ought to be doing acts of generous generosity. You ought to do all of that stuff. You should practice the latter without neglecting the former. What's the former? The tithe. So he says, I got you either way. <laughs> it's kind of what Jesus says here. You think you can get out of it? No, no, no. I'm telling you, this is a, it's a principle to practice. It's a principle that we ought to live by, that you ought to tithe and show justice and mercy. Last Sunday, I don't have it with me today, but last Sunday after the last service, um, I was outside and a, a young man named Mason blessed my heart. He was, he's about six years old. He came into one of the services about the time that I was given the illustration about not having anything, any money to eat lunch. He heard that, 
And after the service, he came up to me and he gave me 47 cents because he wanted me to have some money to go eat lunch. Talk about generosity. Come on, talk about the, if we could just be like the little children. Amen? If we could just be like that. Come on, kudos to Mason. We went to lunch after that, and uh, I didn't have to use the 47 cents because someone bought our meal. We, we were sitting at a different table, and the, the cashier comes up and says, hey, yours is already taken care of. And then on the way out, we run into somebody else that comes to City Hope, and they said, hey, your message really spoke to us today, and so we got somebody else's meal that was in the restaurant today. And it was, just look at the generosity that happens, right? What is that? Justice, mercy, faithfulness. Do that, but also be obedient in, in the tithe, right? So, so tithing is biblical. It's biblical. Now, um, let, me give you, let me give you one more thought, okay? One more thought here. And this is New Testament. It's Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Remember Melchizedek? Remember he's a type and shadow of Jesus? Well, in, in Hebrews, uh, they're writing about, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, but he's writing about Melchizedek here. And he says that here on earth, mortals receive tithes. I'm a mortal, okay? I'm a pastor of a church, and in a moment, we're going to worship God with giving. I'm not going to touch that money. I don't, I don't count it. I don't see it. We have a whole team that takes care of that. But what he's saying is mere mortals receive that, okay? The leader of the synagogue, the church, it's taken up here. I'm going to die one day, but there, where? In eternity, in heaven, he receives them. Who? It's talking about Melchizedek, but Melchizedek's a type of Jesus. So he's essentially saying, Jesus receives them. Of whom it is witnessed, he lives. So think about it this way. When you give to a church, you're not just giving to a church. You're giving through a church, and those tithes are being received by Jesus Christ himself in heaven. So you're not giving to me. You're not giving to City Hope. You're giving to Jesus. And it's so important that we know that. So we're, we need to know that tithing is a test. It's biblical. But also, number three... It's a blessing. It is a blessing to tithe. I can't, I can't wait to tithe. I'm, I love to do this. Why? Because I've seen, I've seen God show his promises faithful over and over and over again. Now, there's only two testimonies that I hear when it comes to tithing. One of them is, well, Pastor Ben, we can't afford to. It's just, it's not in our budget. We can't do it. We can't afford to. The other testimony is, I can't afford not to. <laughs> I, got, I mean, like we give and he gives right back to us. Like It's like we're shoveling money in, but he, he shovels it right back. It, the only difference is his shovel's a lot bigger than our shovel. It's, it's just amazing, Pastor Ben. Those are the testimonies that I hear. But here's what you need to know is that you'll never, you'll never be able to afford to tithe until you start to tithe. Because tithing is what breaks the curse. If you're in financial bondage, if, if you're struggling, if, if you never can seem to get ahead, there may be, there's probably some things that you need to do budget-wise. There's some things you need to do stewardship-wise. But I, I could also ask, are you giving generously? Are you living in obedience to the Lord? And if not, it's going to keep you in, in, in that place of cursing that Malachi talks about, where you're, you're, you're eating, you're, you're living off of cursed resources, Okay? And this is not hocus pocus and magic. This is spiritual, okay? This is spiritual principles. So um, let me talk about the blessing. I want to show it to you in, in Second Chronicles, okay? This is about Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king, and when he took over, uh, Israel is in pretty bad shape. But he reinstated principles of tithing and taking care of uh, the priests, the Levites, and the temple, and, and when he did that, it was a revival of blessing that took place all throughout uh, Jerusalem, Judah, Israel. It was amazing. Okay, I want to show you this principle, how tithing breaks the curse. Here we go. Second Chronicles chapter 31. The king, Hezekiah, ordered the people living in Jerusalem to give the portion. What's the portion? The tithe. Okay. Give the portion that's due the priest and the Levites. And just so you know, in those days, priests and Levites, they weren't allowed to have their own properties. 
They, they had to live off of whatever was provided for them. Uh, that, was part of, that was part of how God set it up. You're, you're going to bring a tent, and it's going to supply the needs in the, in the house of God and all of those who, who uh, serve and live in the house of God. So the priests and Levites, you give it to them so that they can devote themselves to the law of the Lord. Malachi said, bring it to the storehouse so there might be what? Food in my house. Okay? Um, so let, let me ask you. Um, do you enjoy the food at City Hope? And I'm not talking about the catered meals that we do for events here and there, okay? I'm not talking about that. Those are good too. Do you enjoy the programming of City Hope, like the kids' ministry, student ministry, the services, the worship teams, the, 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 all, all of the things that we have, the small groups, the freedom ministry, counseling that happens? Is, do you enjoy that? Okay. All right. So you're able to enjoy that because there are people who are giving the portion. Okay, they're, they're, they're meeting those needs, all right? And, and so in the same way that we wouldn't go eat out at a restaurant and then skip out on the tab, paying that check, I, I think we ought to be careful that we walk in obedience, that if we're enjoying the good things that God has for us, that we walk in, that we walk in obedience here. That it, it's an overflow of a heart that we don't have to give, but we get to give. We get to be obedient. We... And remember, obedience is blessing. So they give the portion so that the priests, the, they could devote themselves so that they can continue to do the work of the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to show you this. Now, as soon as that order went out, the Israelites generously gave. Now, they, they didn't come in and say, you hear what the king done told us to do? I can't believe this. Man, he's making, he's making us give a tenth of everything. It's a bunch of bull. Whatever. Right? <laughs> he didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't do that. They gave generously. They gave the first fruits of their grain, the new wine, the olive oil, the honey, and all the fields produced. And they brought, they, they brought a great amount, a tithe, 10%, a, a tithe of everything. The people of Israel and Judah who lived there did it too. Now, hold on a second. Let me show you this. At first, it says that he ordered the people living in Jerusalem to do it. It doesn't say anything about Israel and Judah. Here's what I think happened, that as these people began to give, they were blessed. It broke the curse off of their life. And then the people in Israel and Judah are looking into Jerusalem, and they're going, oh, my goodness, what are, what's going on over there? And they're like, man, we're, just, we're being obedient to the Lord. We're just bringing a tithe. And so the people of Judah and Israel go, man, we want in on some action like that. We, we, we want to live that blessed life. So they bring a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord. And they piled them up in heaps. That's, a, that's, a, that's big. Heaps. They began doing this in the third month, finished in the seventh month, harvest season. All right, when, when Hezekiah and his officials came and saw the heaps, they praised the Lord and they blessed his people Israel. So they walk in, they see all of this offering, and they're amazed at this. They're going, oh my goodness. Look what the church can do with this. Look at the resources that are available to meet the needs of the city. Look at how much they can do with First Saturday Serve. Look at how they can make a difference translating the Bible for the 1,300 languages that still don't have a Bible, right? Look at all of this. And the king gets a little concerned, and he asks the priests and Levites about the heaps. I feel like the king goes, hey, guys, are the people okay? Because I'm seeing so much that's been given. I'm wondering if, if, like, if they're doing okay. Like, do they have enough? Are the people taken care of? And I love Azariah's response. He says, well, since the people began to bring their contributions to the temple, we've had enough to eat, king. We've had plenty to spare because the Lord has blessed his people. There it is, one more time. When you obey, it's blessing. The Lord's blessed his people. And this, in other words, this is just a little bit, King. If you really want, if you want to see how the people are doing, you just go out into the neighborhoods. And I'm telling you, King, you're going to be amazed at how they are blessed. And so I want to ask you today, what would it what would it be like? Like, can you imagine what the body of Christ... I'm not even talking about City Hope Church. Uh, in, in this service today, 
Pastor Eric from uh, Lakeview Church of the Nazarenes here. Thank, I'm, I'm so glad you're here, brother. Can you imagine? They're on spring break, and they just came to church with us today. I'm so glad they're here. But you, can you imagine what Lakeview, City Hope, what other churches in Wichita Falls, I'm not even talking about City Hope, what the body of Christ could accomplish if every believer tithed. Can you imagine what churches in Wichita Falls, can you imagine that poverty would be eradicated in Wichita Falls if, other, if, if every, every believer was obedient in the tithe? Can you imagine what we could do in Cuba and in, in, in Uganda and Afghanistan and Ukraine and we could translate Bibles and we could, we, could, we could advance the kingdom of God if every believer was bought into this? Imagine the, imagine the difference. Imagine if there were heaps and we could always say yes and we never had to do special offerings, which we don't do, by the way. We do one a year. But imagine if we didn't have to do that. All right? So let me give you, let me close up with this illustration. Uh, Steve, Gary, Russ, y'all come up here. Come stand up here at the front and face me. We're going to pretend here this morning. Let's pretend that, um, that I'm going away on a trip. Okay, I'm, I'm leaving, and I'm going to be gone for a while, all right? But I need to make sure that my wife is taken care of, and I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure there's some money in the bank for her. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to give her some resources, but I want to make sure she has some additional resources, too. So I'm going away, and I don't know how long I'm going to be gone, but I've selected these three guys, and I'm going to give you each $10,000 a month, all right? That's pretty strong, isn't it? It's just an illustration, though, so don't get too excited. All right. All right. I'm going to give you 10000 a month. And all I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to give 1000 of it to my wife every month. You can keep the other 9000 and you can do whatever you want to with it. I don't care. The one stipulation, the one requirement is I need you to give 1000 of it to my wife, okay? So imagine I, I go on my trip. I'm gone. And a few months in, I call Annalise and I say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, that's good, that's good. And we start talking about resources. Hey, are you, are you fine? Are you okay? Do you and the boys have everything you need? How's, how, how are the men doing? Are they, are they giving you the resources we talked about? And she says, well, Russ, Russ, every month, first of the month, it's like it's automated. It comes in on the first day of the month every, every month. He gives $1,000. It's always there. I don't, I don't even have to worry. Three months in and it's there. That's awesome. Well, what about Gary? Well, Gary, he's, he's given 2000 a month. And I go, 2000 Well, I didn't ask Gary for 2000 Why Why is Gary giving 2000 I don't know, but he's giving 2000 Okay, praise God. That's awesome. Well, what about Steve? Well, we need to talk about Steve now. I told you I'd get you. All right. uh, what, about, what about Steve? Well, the first month, Steve gave 700 and then last month he gave 400 And this month I haven't even heard from him. Now, I want to I ask you, what do you think I'm going to do? I mean, I'm, I'm, it's my money. I'm giving you the $10,000. And you can't even give my wife a thousand of it. And you can do whatever you want to with the rest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take what I'm giving to Steve and I'm going to give it to Russ and Gary. Why? Because I can trust them. Because I know that if I can get it through them, I can get it to them. They're a conduit. You guys can be seen. Now, in a very real way, y'all stay with me here. Jesus has gone away for a season. He's coming back. But in the meantime, he has asked us to take care of his wife. Is the church the bride of Christ? I just, I just want to point that out, that the church is his wife. And he says, I will bless those of you who take care of my wife. I, I, if you go above and beyond, I'll bless you even more. But if, if you refuse to take care of my wife, I will take what I have given you and I will give it to somebody else. And if you think that's a harsh teaching, just go study the, the parable of the talents where Jesus took what the one man who didn't do anything with, he, he, just, he just kept it. He didn't do anything with it. And he gave it to somebody else. I believe 
I believe that's, that's what keeps us in the cursed life is when we don't walk in obedience. And I'm just here to tell you that I think Jesus, he takes tithing a lot more personal because it's about his wife. It's about his wife, all right? And there's no condemnation. I'm not saying this message because I hope that you have given a big offering today. It's not even about that. This is for you. I want you to get it. I want you to buy into it. I want you to, I want you to be blessed. I want you to walk in the blessing. I want you to walk in his favor, okay? You need this. You need this. So would you bow your heads with me today? No condemnation, but we do receive the conviction of the Lord. Father, I pray right now for every person who's here today that you would speak to our hearts about where we are, that we would not walk in condemnation, we wouldn't walk in guilt, we wouldn't walk in fear or worry or anxiety, but we would walk in blessing. We would walk in the purpose and the favor of the Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that you are for us. You're not against us. Lord, you want to do a great work in us. God, I pray right now that you would speak to our hearts about what you want us to do, how we can live the blessed life. Father, I pray that right now in Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, if you're here today and you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the most important thing you can get out of this message. You see, uh, what God wants from you is he, he doesn't want your money. He doesn't want your time or your treasure or your talent. The one thing, the most generous thing that you could give God today is not your resources. It's not your cars. No, the most generous thing you can give God today is your heart. And if you're here today and you're far from God and you've drifted and you've been living life your own way and you've been calling the shots and you've been behind the wheel of your own life, I'm asking you today to make a decision, a bold decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And if that's you, you're ready to go all in with Jesus. You're ready to give him the best of your life, your heart. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to be bold and slip up your hand. All right. One, two, three. Come on, slip up your hand. I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. Thank you. I see you, sweetie. Who else? Anybody else say, that's me, Pastor Ben. Thank you. I see you back here. I'm ready to go all in with Jesus. I haven't given him my heart. He wants your heart. Who else? Say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? I'm so, I'm so proud of you. Anybody else? Amen. All right, let's say this prayer together. For those who raise their hand, every voice in the room today, say, Jesus, I give you my life. Will you forgive me for doing things my way? Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. I am yours. You are mine. You're my savior. I give you my heart today. And from this day forward, I will serve you and love you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Let's thank God for salvation. Giving him our hearts. Yeah, I'm so proud of you. And if you made a decision, whether or not you raised your hand, one thing I'm asking you to do, if you would do me a favor, please do me this favor. Let me know on the connection card. When you came in, you heard Gary talk about it earlier. On that connection card says, my decision today is, is to go all in. I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm renewing my commitment. Or maybe you want to be baptized. And I'm asking you to fill that out. Let me know because we want to pray for you. But we also want to help you with next steps. So on your way out, on the, on the right-hand side is a little table, a little shelf there that's the, the next steps area. I'd love for you to stop by there. Let us get this into your hands, okay? It's totally free. We just want to resource you. We want to get that to you so that you know what to do next. You know where to go. You know how to how to move forward, all right? So that's on your way out at the right-hand side. And also, every household on your way out, make sure you grab a book. They'll be handing those out. But as we give today, I want you to give whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Not under compulsion, not under pressure, but you give whatever God puts on your heart. Be a cheerful giver today, whatever He speaks to you. There's no pressure from, from me. And if you're a guest, this, this service is our gift to you. No expectation for you to give, all right? So would you stand up with me today? The reason we do a song at the end when we give is because giving is worship. We worship when we give, all right? So as you get your offering ready, maybe you've given online or through text, however, just have that ready. Whatever you give, it's between you and the Lord, and let's just worship God today with this gift. So Lord, we thank you that we get to give. 
Lord, I thank you for those who've set it up to repeat automatically and it's recurring online. I thank you for those who are giving via text or in person today with, a, with an offering. God, I'm asking you to bless them. Let it further your kingdom, God. Let the curse be broken over our lives today as we give to you. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Let's worship God today. If you, if you have a prayer need, slide up our prayer partner. Let's go to God today and worship We praise you. We praise you.